Hi, I'm Dr. Fred Silva of Arcana Laboratories, coming to you from Little Rock, Arkansas, with another installment of Throwback Thursday. The Immunoglobulin Glomerulopathies A Short History of IgA Nephropathy and IgM Nephropathy From IgA to IgM in 1967, Jean Berger and Gallet wrote a short abstract about 25 patients that had what they at the time termed IgA-IgG nephropathy. Robert Heptonstall was in the audience when Berger presented his first work on what we now term IgA nephropathy. As Dr. Heptonstall stated, quote, it was not received with very much favor and much criticism, end of quote. Jean Berger et al. published 55 patients with IgA nephropathy one year later, with half of them having a focal glomerulonephritis. The first publication in the U.S. I could find was by J.J. McFall from Wilford Hall Air Force Military Base in San Antonio, at the time a very good kidney center. That was published in Kidney International in 1972. I guess it took a time to cross the Atlantic. Over the years, it is apparent that this is the most common form of glomerulonephritis in the world, being especially prevalent in Asia, Australia, and parts of Europe. In the last couple of decades, it has become apparent that IgA nephropathy may be secondary to a number of associated conditions such as liver disease, SLE, and most recently infections especially with Staph aureus MRSA. The relationship between IgA nephropathy and HSP, or as it is called in Europe, SHP, is still somewhat controversial, although many consider IgA nephropathy a limited form of HSP, or alternatively, HSP a systemic IgA vasculitis. For many years in the 70s and 80s, investigators tried to determine the presence of renal IgA nephropathy without renal biopsy by biopsying the skin and showing IgA in the dermal vasculitis. This did not turn out well and has shown that the only way to determine renal IgA nephropathy in the individual patient is by renal biopsy. IgA deposition in the kidney in some Asian people may be what Glassic calls lanthanic IgA, that is, without clinical significance. In the past 1,000 or 2,000 papers of IgA nephropathy in PubMed, National Library of Medicine, the majority have been on the presumed pathogenesis of IgA nephropathy with abnormal sialoglycation of the hinge region of the IgA molecule remembering that more IgA is produced in the human body than even IgG. There is a diminished uptake by the hepatic sialoglycoprotein receptors. There may be many phases of IgA nephropathy as time goes on. Now to another renal entity sometimes referred to not as IgA nephropathy, but IgM nephropathy, another antibody. Although studies of lipoid nephrosis, also known as NIL disease, what is now called minimal change nephrotic syndrome, or most recently minimal change disease, 
showed some immunofluorescent staining of various immunoglobulins in the mesangial regions, IgM nephropathy was brought to the attention of nephropathology community in 1978 by Arthur Cohen, Richard Glassick, and others, and separately, independently, by Bashin et al. When Dr. Cohen first presented IgM nephropathy at the IEP United States Academy of Pathology, Robert Heptonstall had stepped in for the moderator who had to leave for his own presentation elsewhere at that meeting. It was apparent that the audience, or at least some outspoken individuals in the audience, were not convinced that IgM nephropathy was an independent entity. Dr. Seymour Rosen of Harvard stood up and indicated what he thought Dr. Cohen was presenting was undiagnosed focal and segmental glomerulosclerosis. Dr. Cohen did not agree, although subsequent study of some of these cases and other cases showed that indeed some initially termed IgM nephropathy on the first biopsy did show subsequent FSGS on the repeat biopsy. Dr. Heptonstall, the moderator at Dr. Cohen's presentation, commented that Dr. Cohen's audience reminded him of the skepticism that Jean Berger received in his initial IgA presentations in 1967 and 68. Since that time, the entity of IgM nephropathy remains controversial, with some investigators believing that it has the same response to therapy and outcome as minimal change disease. Others believe strongly that it has a worse prognosis and response to therapy. Studies by some suggest that there are so many confounding variables. For example, some patients are nephrotic, others are not, others have hematuria. Some with other immunofluorescent deposits or not, some with EM deposits or not, some with mesangial proliferation, and some without, and so on. That it is impossible to know whether the deposition of IgM is clinically hazardous of significance to the kidney or just a passive non-immunologic absorption of an active mesangial region, possibly secondary to the non-perm selectivity of the glomerular filter in which the mesangium has been shown experimentally to be somewhat activated and uptake various blood-borne proteins. And of course, even with what seems like a representative biopsy of a patient with idiopathic nephrotic syndrome showing minimal change disease, one cannot ever exclude the presence of an unsampled FSGS, one of the many reasons there are still some debates about whether minimal change disease and FSGS or one disease or two. That debate will be covered in another podcast. Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes and Google Play stores. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or visit us on the web at arcanalabs.com.